0: Do you remember when Lucy and Ricky moved to Connecticut? It was Westport, Connecticut. Um, I love the house that they moved into. It was like this real cool kind of country living room, big giant fireplace. They really made Connecticut seem like a place to, to live. The joke of it was it was a Set in a studio in Hollywood. It was the furthest thing, in fact, from Connecticut. That was the final uh, season of I Love Lucy. I think it ran for six years. This was the last one when they, they moved. And they had a couple of pretty good episodes in their final year. Like, they kind of went out on top. And there was one I remember pretty well. Uh, some of you will when I mention a bit of it. Ricky and Fred um, build a barbecue in their backyard. They kind of had this shared barbecue thing. The Ricardos and the Mertzes. Ricky's on vacation and he's got nothing to do and he's just driving Lucy crazy. So she says finally, hey, you two, I guess they were planning on building this barbecue. So she's like, would you go build the barbecue? So they go out and they do. Ricky and Fred. And it's beautiful. Like, it's this really impressive brick barbecue. Lucy was there, too, during the day while they were building it. And she, uh, in the course of that day, she, she loses her wedding ring. And she thinks it may have fallen into the cement that they were using to build the barbecue. So she's in a panic because Ricky's always telling her to stop taking your ring off and you're going to lose it. So she's afraid to tell Ricky. So that night, when everybody else is in bed, Lucy and Ethel get up and they go out to the backyard and they dismantle the barbecue, brick by brick, hoping to find the ring. And they don't, there's no ring to be found. So she's just, she's a wreck. Now they have to put this barbecue back together and they're exhausted. Now it's closer to morning. And they don't even know what they're doing. But they gotta bring this thing back to the way it was. Anyway, they try, the next morning, the next scene is great. Ricky comes down and Fred is there and they wanna go out and just check out the barbecue to see how it's looking. They're so proud of it. And they walk out and they can't believe what they see. The thing is like, the barbecue is sideways. It's just insane. It looks nothing like what they had built you know, 24 hours before, it's a disaster. Ricky's screaming, Lucy's playing dumb, acting like she has no idea what happened or like she has no clue. It's a very funny scene because you can tell from the studio audience just the reaction. It's like this kind of explosion when you see this crazy new excuse for a barbecue. Kind of the, the, the laughter went on longer even than typical just the image of what this thing has become. This beautiful thing has become something very different. It's so not what it was meant to be. It's so not what it once was, even just the day before. Well, when it involves Lucy and Ethel, it's kind of funny and we laugh. But I think sometimes it's not so funny Sometimes when things change, when they become something very distant from what they once were, it's like, it's not so good. It's not progress. You know, speaking of Lucy, I mean, I'm sure many of you remember or you heard about this. 1952, the show is, I think, in its second season. And Lucille Ball uh, becomes pregnant you know, in real life. So they famously wrote the pregnancy into the, into the show, the plot line, which to us doesn't seem like a big deal. In 1952, I guess it was. Like, that had never, that had never happened. The CBS, CBS executives were like, no, 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 we can't do that. And the big thing, the famous piece of that became, they weren't allowed, ultimately they did. They said, okay, well, we'll Lucy's gonna have a baby. But they were not allowed to use the word pregnant. Like that, the, the CBS executives said, no, that'll just be too much. Remember their bedroom? They had two separate beds. They were a married couple. And she was having a baby. She was pregnant. Like, why would we, why would we have been so afraid of communicating that? Why did they have separate beds? It's kind of like we were, we were very Puritan, in a sense. And it's not that long ago. That's 70 years ago what the rules were, the standards were 70 years ago. Man, it's like, talk about something changing. The barbecue going from some, one thing to something else. I mean, just, just the notion of standards, cultural, societal standards, how much they've changed. Can't say pregnant, that's crazy. This married couple. A couple of months ago, I was getting my oil changed, and I'm uh, I'm waiting. You know, like the uh, the place where I went had like kind of like a waiting room, almost like a like a doctor's office. And I'm in there, and there's this uh, mom who's got uh, two little kids, maybe a, maybe a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and she's kind of keeping an eye on them. And there's an older couple that are there, and then me. We're all waiting. And they had a TV up in this waiting room. Nobody was really watching it. I think I was probably on my phone, and the mom is kind of just dealing with the two kids. I don't know what the the old couple, they were just kind of hanging out. Yellowstone was on the TV. The TV show, Yellowstone. Um, I haven't, at that point, I hadn't seen it. I've heard a lot about it. I hear it's super popular, and I hear it's really good. Kevin Costner but it was in the middle of it and I'm just not worrying, thinking about it. So I'm on my phone and then all of a sudden, two or three minutes into this sitting there and this being on in the background, I'm hearing stuff and I'm like, first I was like, did I just imagine what I heard? Like, like crazy cursing. Like, F-bombs being dropped throughout. And I looked up and I was like, this is like a TV show. This is... This is like basic cable. This isn't like a, 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 a series on a station you know, that you gotta pay money for. Like basic cable's got, I know that much, it's got Yellowstone. And it was like, what, the, what is with the, how are they getting away with this? Like kind of like the filthiest language you could kind of almost imagine. It's like, and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. So I looked up and then I'm like looking, I mean these little kids didn't even catch it but it was just uncomfortable. How is that okay? (gasps) Talk about change. 70 years ago, we couldn't say pregnant, and now today we got like what I just described. How is that good? How is that change and improvement? You know what? The old guy eventually got up I was annoyed at myself because he beat me to it. He got up, and he walked over to the guy working behind the counter. And he said, hey, can you change the channel? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. He put on whatever. It's like somebody finally said, get this off. Why are we okay with sort of this increasingly sort of like crude, trashy, kind of vulgar culture I don't know, like somewhere between Lucy and Yellowstone. Maybe isn't that probably where we should be? I mean, the Lucy rules were crazy too, it seems to me. But we've gone, we've gone crazier in the other direction. It's like the barbecue. It's like this thing looked a certain way, was a certain way, and it was right, and it was true, and it was kind of beautiful. And then it became kind of gross and crude and desperate. You know, I've been in a couple of restaurants here in town where they've got, uh, it's kind of cool, they've got these pictures of old Long Beach. I think most of them are like, probably postcards that they blew up. Now they're like big framed black and white pictures what this place was like like a hundred years ago or like 120 years ago i think people walking along the boardwalk you know the the old uh, amazing old hotels and there's a couple of pictures of people here like on maybe literally here like on the beach and i was out at one of these not too long ago and i was cracking up looking at this picture of the women in the bathing suits they were wearing I <laughs> they were crazy they were like gowns they were wearing. They looked like wedding dresses or something. I'm like, you're at the beach. You couldn't even see their ankles. It was like this really like Victorian way. It's like, man, that couldn't have been comfortable. And now, like I mean, some days I'm like, I'm sitting at a red light at Park Avenue and I'm like, looking at people walking this way south, I'm like, are you kidding? What you're not wearing right now? Like somebody throw something on this person. Like the notion of like modesty. I don't know, having like a degree of self-respect, having some like kind of class. Like God, like where did that go? And I'm not saying we should throw the wedding dresses on people, like there's one extreme, and then we got today. It's like Lucy in Yellowstone. It's like the barbecue the night before and then the day later. It's become something different. I don't think it has to do with just fashion and standards. TV shows. I think we do it sometimes with God. We take what we know to be true and right, our understanding of God. Hey, we don't have the whole picture, but we got some of it. We got more than some of it in Jesus. We take Jesus and we dismantle him. We start to pull the bricks out because we don't like all the bricks. Because some of the bricks are tough and they're challenging. They make us squirm because we hear him saying stuff and we're like, "Ah, ouch, you are are absolutely hitting a nerve. Because what you're calling those people out on, Jesus, 20 centuries ago, you're calling me out tonight because I'm making the same mistakes they were. I mean, listen to what he says here, I've come to set I've come to set the earth on fire. You think I've come here to establish peace? No way. My words, my presence, my way, it's gonna produce division, like crazy division. People who love each other will, will start battling. Families, households, fathers, sons, mothers, daughters. Because people within the household are gonna start to reject his truth. And it's going to become like, well, it's going to become like the barbecue on the second day. Not what it was supposed to be. He pretty much says it. He says, I'm going, to, I'm going to take what's become distorted and I'm going to blow it up. Well, actually, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to burn it down. The changes that have happened, almost maybe without us knowing it, that are so not okay, so much less than what we are capable of, because we come from him. Our DNA comes from God, and when we start to act in counterways, opposite ways, he's like, no, that doesn't fly. And that's what He think he's speaking to and about in this gospel tonight. I'm gonna make you all uncomfortable, is really what he was saying. And here's a question for tonight how often does he make you uncomfortable how often does the the, the the words of jesus make you squirm if it's not often or if in all honesty it's sort of like you know never then you know what i think we've done we've re-bricked the barbecue we've taken who he is and we've turned him into something else that fits our needs. All I hear from is the Jesus I wanna hear from. But the stuff that's tough, I just pull those bricks out. Hey listen, Jesus talked a lot about love and a crazy amount about mercy. That is not even open for debate. He talked about mercy and love, I think, more than anything. But it's not the only thing he talked about. And you know how we know that? The gospel I just read. They weren't my words, they were his words. And it wasn't so much about mercy, and it wasn't so loving. It was about, I'm blowing this up. I'm burning this down to make it right again. So what in our lives needs to be changed? Have we kind of redone the barbecue? I just pull out the bricks, that make me uncomfortable. When he talks about greed, oh, I'm kinda greedy, I'm pulling that one out. When he talks about lust, I pull that one out. When he talks about envy and jealousy and gossip, I pull them out. And then I'm loving Jesus. You know what we do is like we just create our own, our own God. One that fits our needs. And that is not okay. I read this kind of interesting little fact not long ago. The movie, the most watched movie of all time. I don't know how they quite come up with this, but they've determined, it was the Library of Congress, they said that there is one movie that has been watched more than any movie Of all time, and it's not—they're not talking about the highest-grossing movie necessarily, or the most highly, you know, recognized, Academy Awarded movie. Doesn't even have to be the the best movie of all time. It's the one that's been seen most. Anybody have a guess as to what it is? You got to yell it out because I'm not going to hear you. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. No. Uh What? Ten Commandments, no. The Wizard of Oz. There we go, The Wizard of Oz. And they say because it kind of appeals to everybody. Like an eight-year-old will sit through The Wizard of Oz. And a 98-year-old will sit through The Wizard of Oz. And it's a really old movie. So just very practically for 80 years, people have been, 85 years, people have been watching it. And I started thinking about the movie. And I was like, man, what is it about The Wizard of Oz? I asked that at all the masses, and people very quickly yelled it out. It's like, man, what is, what's The Wizard of Oz? Well, I mean, it's definitely a musical, right? But it's also like, absolutely like a fantasy movie. It's also scary at points. Remember those flying monkeys? They were terrifying. When I was a kid, I was scared to death of them. The Witch? So it's kinda got everything. And you know what? If you took one of those pieces out cause you didn't like the scary stuff it stops being, it's The Wizard of Oz. Can you imagine The Wizard of Oz without music? We're just gonna make it like a drama? <laughs> There's no singing and dancing? Who's gonna, who's, it's no longer The Wizard of Oz. Like, you need all those bricks in order for that to be what it was. It's the same thing with God. And when we start pulling bricks out because they make us uncomfortable, we're not in a good place. Hey, I've had over, over the years, not, not, not a million times, but I've had people, because I've, I've said things from the pulpit that have upset people. And I've had people come up to me after mass and, and let me have it. Not a lot, I try to be take that seriously, you know, I got the mic and you don't, that's like a, I need to be respectful of that. You don't have the opportunity to say, hey, wait a minute. So I can't take advantage of that. And I, I'm sure I have over the years. I've probably said more than I should have at times. But I think most of the times when people have complained, I, I think I kind of thought it through. But you know what they'll often say? I don't come to church to, 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 to hear that. i like, go, oh, really? So what do you come to church for? Just to be told how awesome you are? How cool you are? Like, that's part of it. Because you are great. Because we come from God. And his love is like, we can't even imagine how much he loves us. But that's not the only message. But people come like, sorta like, hey, I don't come to be made uncomfortable. Well then you're not coming to the right place. Hey, look at this first reading tonight, this guy Jeremiah. Old Testament prophet, he's speaking truth, hard to hear truths, and what did they do to him? They threw him in a ditch. That's what happens when you speak tough truth. People don't want to hear it, and they want to toss you in a ditch. Jeremiah, it was a ditch. Jesus, it was a cross. You know, I think a reading like tonight and I'm glad they're not. we don't get these tough ones all the time. I'm glad most of the time it's about mercy and love. Because I think we need to know that more than anything. But we also need to hear the tough stuff. And maybe it comes down to this. Maybe we're being asked two things. One is, hey, I gotta hear it. I gotta allow, allow prophetic messages, challenging messages, to sting me. I can't run from that. I can't get ticked off by that. I gotta be like, nope, he's dead on. He's calling me out. And I need to confront that within myself. So number one, like, hear the prophet. Here's number two, be the prophet. We gotta live our lives the way Jeremiah lived his and the way Jesus lived his. Like we gotta be willing to speak truth, especially when it's gonna upset people. You ever meet people who are like, it's gotta be peace at all cost. We don't rock the boat. We just let it go, just let it go. We just keep the peace, just let it go. Jeremiah didn't just let it go and neither did Jesus. You know, it's, it's the family. The mom and the dad who've got, I don't know, and now a 16-year-old, who for the last four or five years has been trouble. Like, regularly getting in trouble. And now he's halfway through high school, and the stakes are getting higher, and you know it. But you're the one who doesn't want to rock the boat. Like, it's like peace at all cost. He's just being a boy. Well, he's gonna be a boy in jail if he doesn't get his act together. And I'm afraid to just speak the truth. Like, I'm not serving that kid. Hey, make it, make it, make it something arguably bigger. Like, that 16-year-old is now 28 and addicted to drugs or drink. And he is fracturing the family. Like the family is becoming paralyzed. People aren't speaking to each other. People are fighting with each other. And it's because of him. He's ruined three of the last four holidays. He can't be trusted. He's in and out of rehab. And there's one person, a key player, who just won't be the prophet. They just won't call them out. And I know it's more complicated than that. If it was that simple, we just we go eventually after it. But they resist it. It's always somebody else's fault. They're always taking the, taking the hit. They're always covering for this person. Peace at all costs. Just let it go. Prophets don't let it go. And you know what? If I call this person out, I'm probably gonna pay. Yeah, I'm gonna, they're gonna throw me in a ditch. Or oh, the equivalent of. That's the way it goes. Nothing new. I become the messenger. I become the bad guy. They manipulate the, the relationships and now I'm the villain. I'm the villain. I'm speaking the truth. To the best of my knowledge of the truth. And everybody else has got their head in the sand. So we'll throw you in the ditch to keep the peace. Time spent in the ditch may save his life. So don't be afraid of the ditch.